seconds to go, down by six. Brady in the gun, flanked by the running back, White. Four-man front, Brady back, cocks his arm, throws a pass, caught by the rookie running back at the goal line, spins, dives, touchdown, Rashad White! Just like we drew it up. Just like we drew it up. Tuesday edition of PFT Live. I'm in a slightly different setting. Some Whoa. technical issues forced me to relocate the studio to the alternate setup down in my basement. Christopher Sims, Mike Florio, PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at googlestore.com. Chris, great to see you, even though I really can't see you the way I ordinarily do. Wow. But we're here. Yeah. We're live. And off we go. You're where? Where are you at? What room are we in today? What's this? The grotto? What do we got working there? Where are we at right this morning? What is a grotto anyway? I don't it's even such sure. A cool word. Yeah, I don't know what a grotto is. I know you're this right. Is- I only associate it with the Playboy Mansion. It's the only thing I've ever really heard it associated with. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think a grotto is also outdoors. I am definitely indoors because it is cold here. It clearly is December. I don't know much. But I can confirm it is December. So I'm in the house. I'm in the basement. As you come down the stairs to our basement, there's a landing and you open a door and there's a walkway down to what is essentially a wine cellar that has maybe 10 bottles of wine in it. Because number one, I'm never going to buy stuff that's so expensive. I'm going to keep it for years and years. And then, hey, here's my 1978 Bordeaux. I drink it as fast as I buy it, but there's racks here for a ton of wine bottles, and most of them are empty. And there's kind of like a kitchen set up and a big table. And this is where, if I'm on Dan Patrick's show or do any Zoom stuff after our show ends, this is where I sit. So anybody who's seen me on Dan Patrick or Rich Eisen when he was on Peacock, this is where I sit. Although Rich did, Rich doesn't do the, the video. Only Dan does. So this is where I sit. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you cleared that up. I'm glad you yeah. cleared that up. Well, you, you asked the question. I answer a question. I know, you I know, question, I know you get did. an answer. All right. Thank you very much. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Paul. All right. Where do you want right. to go here? Well, I want to go to Tampa Bay because, <laughs> okay. I, you know, there's a general rule of thumb in football that doesn't always apply. If you score three points in the first 55 minutes of a game, chances of scoring 14 in the final five are usually fairly slim. You usually can't, on your, can't count on your offense coming out of an extended hibernation when it has done nothing all night long, when it has looked like crap all night long, and then all of a sudden it takes over. But there's something about in those moments, and I didn't think he would pull it off, but there's something about the demeanor of Tom Brady that changes. It happened. I noticed it in the Thursday night game they played against the Ravens. He gets that old school look. He gets that old school vibe. The question is, can the guys around him match that intensity and ability? The night against the Ravens, they couldn't. This night, they could. Down the field, they went twice. The Saints helped them out by not burning up as much of the clock as they could have. The Saints helped them even before that by not burning up as much of the clock as they could have. We'll get to that. But two straight drives, Chris. Never mind the fact that Donovan Smith, number 76, was holding on every single play. As Pete Demolitis pointed out this morning, it's the old Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom approach. Yeah, there's Hold a lot on of every them. play, and they're not going to call it on every play. No, listen, it, it was amazing. It was a game that, of course, New Orleans, We it was an ugly football game. 
early on Tampa broke, you know, blew some chances to kind of control the football game, whether it was not scoring a touchdown on the first drive or Brady missing some throws, you know, on the second and third drive with wide open people, wide open down the field for big plays. And then from that point on, it was just New Orleans out hit him, out coach him, you know, made more plays on the field, didn't make as many penalties. I mean, we're clearly the better team on the field. They were. And that's just the problem with Brady. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're right, Mike. I mean, even at this age, it, it's, he gets the ball in that moment with the defense going, wait, let's just protect. Let's try, to, let's try to not let them make the big play and score too quickly. It messes up their mojo. They become a little bit, re, not relaxed, but they're not playing the same attacking style they were playing. And Tampa just got them reeling. They just got them real in the last two drives, and they couldn't slow down the momentum. And, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty unbelievable that they came back and won the football game. But with all that, with all that, still the play of the day came at 6-11 in the fourth quarter on a second and eight where Brady clutches anything but a shamrock the size of a pirate ship up his butt. Helped him pull this out too, and that that's to a me was shamrock. well. That's a that to me was the moment of the game. It was the second and eight, six and eleven, uh, six eleven left in the fourth quarter. Here we go. Here's the play. Game's gonna be over right here. Game is over. He's gonna get the first down and more. It just decides to go out of bounds because I I don't know. He tweaked his ankle. I I don't know, but that's gonna be another. Two minutes off the clock, let alone they're on fringe field goal range. I mean, I, I have a hard time thinking the game's not over. That was one of the most remarkable things about the night last night where I kept going. I rewound that play like five times, and here's a, a tweet from Mark Ingram. Yeah, I'm sick about this one. He tweeted, regardless of circumstances or how I feel, I have to get that fresh set of downs for the squad. I apologize to my teammates, my coaches, and my city for a crucial mistake. We worked way too hard and sacrificed blood, sweat, and tears. I will be better. It did look like he pulled up with some sort of an issue. He did seem banged around last night. Generally, he was down on a knee after that play. But you're right. You're at the sticks. And it's not like, because we hear from time to time, well, the yellow line isn't av- available to be seen by the players on the field. No, but the big orange vertical stick is right there. They know where that right is. There. He's a veteran the, player. The vertical right. stick is right there. Right. And he did. He pulls up and goes out of bounds a yard or maybe less than two yards short of it. It just didn't make any sense. It felt like a routine play from the second quarter of the game. No awareness. No, no awareness. I, just, I don't even know if it's I awareness. Just, I think it's more personal pity. Like, oh, man, I pulled something here, and I'm just going to go out. Instead yeah. of just going, wait, let me just get the first down and then go out. Because he does he does go to the sideline. You know me. I'm not trying to be a jerk about injuries or anything like that. I'm always just sensitive fall down. Yeah, you, you still you, have to have the awareness to just fall down just, then, not go out of bounds. Not go even out if of, you don't get the first down, fall down. Uh, even that. But the first down was he didn't have to do anything except just keep walking. That That to me, for a player of that stature and as many big games as he's been in, and what he's done through, I just, I can't, that was a mind-blowing moment for me in the football game. Mind-blowing. And it was the play that lost the game. As you know, I texted the group, right? I mean, what, a minute later? And I just said, all I know is that I think Mark Ingram might have blown the game for the Saints. He's gonna, it's, it's dicey now. Not only with the time like you're talking about, but the fact that the first down, I mean, it was, it was, 
like we're talking about, easily attainable. So that's a rough one to swallow. That's a rough one if I'm in the locker room of the Saints today. I'm having a hard time looking at Mark Ingram in the face because of that. And, man, I'm shaking my head and just going, what a damn year. Uh, we play like that and then blow it in the last four minutes like you, de- like you described to Brady and company. Holy crap. And making that even more inexcusable, the fact that the Buccaneers, with the questionable decision to punt with seven minutes to play, they initially had the offense on the field to go for it. They ultimately decide to punt. And a lot of criticism of Todd Bowles, heavy booing from the home crowd. I don't know that Todd Bowles really drew it up the way that it was going to happen. Well, no. Tom Brady made him look good. Right. Well, and Mark Ingram. I mean, that, that Mark that Ingram alone. made him right. look good. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not you count on your Hall of Fame quarterback to do something that only he and maybe a few others in the history of the game are capable of even trying to do, you need to have the Saints shoot themselves in the foot to get to the point where you have an opportunity to have the time to get down the field twice. And then again, the Saints didn't exactly manage the clock the way they should have forced the use of all the timeouts. They were aggressive, far more aggressive than the Vikings were when they were backed up against their goal line and just ran, ran, ran. And then you got to sweat it out. They tried to get the dagger. They tried to get the first down, but you put those two together and it gives Tom Brady his opportunities. And it was, the 44th fourth-quarter comeback for Tom Brady broke a tie with Peyton Manning for the most fourth-quarter or overtime comebacks in NFL history. So let's take it to that drive. Mark Ingram goes out of bounds, stops the clock. Yep. Saints ultimately don't get the first down. The right. Bucks get it back, and they're inside their own 10. It doesn't look like it's going to go well. There was a near interception, although I don't know how in the world they ruled it as, as an interception in real time. The ball obviously hit the ground yeah, and skipped right. up to Bradley Roby. I know that they they think, well, let's just go ahead and play it out because we can fix it on replay. But sometimes it's so obvious. You're like, come on. I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah, let's go. We're letting this on. play continue and guys maybe get tackled when it, it's clear, you know, obvious. So they get a first down on the next play. And this was the moment to me where and, and I'm not one of these folks that watches a game and is constantly looking for holding. You know, I've follow the ball, and then you use a little bit of your peripheral vision to see if anything stands out screwy on the wall of blockers. But, you know, you're watching the quarterback. You're kind of – it's it's a it, – it takes time to even begin to have the slightest amount of comfort that you're picking up what you need to see. That said, Donovan Smith on that play, five minutes to go, first and ten for the Buccaneers on their own 21 – Watch what he does to Carl Granderson. Look at that. It's like a bear WWE. He's trying to pick him up and do a backward pile drive of him. I mean, it's a full bear hug. Look at that. And it's right in front of Brady, Chris. Not a peep from the broadcast. And I know that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman can only see so much, but they got an army of people helping them. How did nobody say, we need to run that back? and show what Donovan Smith did there. That's one of the most blatant holds I've ever seen, called or uncalled. Uh, I couldn't believe that. I agree. Well, there was a lot of arm hooking by him all night long. And, you know, we could we could talk about the telecast all we want. What's more disappointing is that 
referees again. The inconsistency of refereeing is it's it's mind boggling right now in the NFL. Hey, Chris, I don't. I am not one to believe games are rigged. I'll say it. I don't need a call from 345 Park Avenue today saying, "Oh, why are you saying games are rigged?" I'm saying they're not rigged. But you know what? Stuff like that makes it a lot harder for those of us out on the front lines who are trying to tell people who email us constantly and tweet at us constantly the games are rigged. Right. No, I I know. Games are rigged. Look at that play. The games are rigged. Donovan Smith was holding on nearly every play the final two drives. It was to the point where Tom Brady, I thought, was consciously trying to get rid of the ball before Smith could hold someone. (laughs) Because there were plays where I'm watching. I started to just watch Smith. No, I know you did. I I saw in the text. The ball's out. Right. The ball's out before Smith has a chance to hold. Yeah, there's holding again for the touchdown. He got got called on that one. Oh, that was that one. Right, right. Chris. He did. He held again on the touchdown that won the game. I know he did. That's why I, I misspoke there. I, I I saw it, Mike. I did. I was I was aware of it. I was aware of it a little bit. I think earlier in the fourth quarter because I saw it a few times and went, "Damn, he's he's throwing out his right arm a few times." And I think they called the penalty on him once where. You know, Troy and Joe kind of saw a replay, and it was a bad angle, and they're like, oh, I'm not sure about that one. And I was like, what? I, I, I remember seeing it, you know, in the real action. It was a, 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 a bear hug again. Um, but I, that's where that bothers me. And they just I don't understand what the referee's looking at. They're, 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 that's inexcusable. So that does bother me in that department of, wait, you're sitting there and you're obsessed with the quarterback and quarterback protection, so you can't tell me you're not watching that area. And then we miss blatant calls like that. I mean, blatant, game-changing calls, inexcusable. It really is. And, yeah, it makes, you just, it makes me wonder as I'm going, is the guy just sitting there going, man, this is awesome. Let me just watch Brady and enjoy this. And he's got popcorn like the rest of us at home just going, this is awesome. I and mean, that's what I was sitting there thinking. I think he's just in there. I was literally going, I think he's enamored with just watching Brady right now. I don't think he's watching anything else. So, I don't know. Either way. Here's my theory. They don't call Do you want it my theory? great drives my by theory. Brady. Yep. I don't think that, that it's rigged in the sense that they want someone to win. I don't think that's the issue. Yeah, but they I like it they close. Want, they want it close. Right. Right? Roger Definitely. Goodell was on CNBC in the days preceding Super Bowl Forty Eight, the one they played at MetLife Stadium. And he was asked, who do you root for? And he said, I root for the team that's trailing because he wants an exciting game. He wants a game that holds an audience as long as possible. So Tommy's down 16-3. Five minutes left. Now, he's probably not going to pull this off, but you know what? Let's make it interesting. And I'm not saying that anyone does it consciously, but let's make it interesting. Let me get down the field. Let him do his thing. Oh, yeah. So what if the left tackle wrapped his arms around the back of Curtis Grandison or, or Carl Granderson and, and was going to p- pick him up and, you know, make it look like a little a simulcast mode. of Monday Night Raw. Right. I mean, and, but, but yeah, I will swallow the whistle here. We'll keep the flag in the pocket. Let's just, let's, because it's, inter- it's far more interesting to let this drive continue than to have first and 20 from the 12 with less than five minutes to play. So they just don't call it. And it's over and over and over again. And they don't call it, they don't call it, they don't call it. And you do get to a point where you think they just want an exciting finish. They don't care who wins. They just want fourth and goal from the seven, third and goal from the four. They, 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 and, and I feel like that becomes a subconscious thing. And right. you, if you hear it enough, 
and, and look what happens. The NFL. Now, when there's high-scoring games, the NFL sends out the emails thumping their chest about all the high-scoring games. Look at all these high-scoring games. And there aren't high-scoring games. Well, we don't care that they aren't high-scoring. No, but when they are, we get the emails and the PR push. All these high-scoring games. Oh, look at this. All these high- And now, this year, it's been, look at all these close games. Every week, more, more close games than ever. All these games within a score in the fourth quarter. All these games within a score when they end. Because that gets people to stay locked in to their TV. Because anything can happen. And last night proves anything can happen. You only have three points, 55 minutes. Your offense looks like steamed crap, 55 minutes. Doesn't matter. Anything's possible, especially if we're not going to call holding, blatant holding on the offensive lineman so that the quarterback has time to operate. That's where, for me, there's reason to take out some tinfoil and turn it into a nice little hat. Because that's not... We want the Bucs to win. We want the Saints to win. We want someone to cover. That's just, we want this business that thrives on people being locked in and excited and engaged to be as exciting and as engaging as possible. That's what drives that. And that would be the only explanation other than temporary blindness of the officials. That would be the only explanation for how that call got missed. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, Mike, I, I don't know if I, I agree with everything you're saying there, but I, I don't disagree with your sentiments, I think, with, with what you're saying overall. And I think it's natural, like, human, you know, feeling of, oh, they're down, and I don't want to bog the game down and throw a flag here, and it's unlikely they'll come back anyways, and let me just keep it going. And, yeah, and then, it, you know, it snowballed. They, it kept going, and Brady kind of caught on Uh-oh. fire. Yeah. Oh, maybe and, we should have thrown those flags. And they got the Saints reeling, right. Uh-oh. And then uh, 345's got answers. They got a questions to answer. They really do. It's, it, the referring's all over the place. And, you know, we can go – we can we can spend a whole show right now on how bad refing is around the NFL. It's the worst I've ever seen it. Uh, and it's because of 345. They're way too involved. They don't know what they're doing. There's mixed messages. It's inconsistent. But, all right. You know, all that said, yes, and it's annoying. It definitely is. Bucks, great drive. Not going to take that away from Brady. He's the clutchest guy, you know, maybe we've ever seen in the history of sports. He's amazing that way. Does it make you feel any different about the Bucks? Does it? Do you, yes. You know, yes. I, I mean, it was why. Yeah, Here's why? why. Why? Go ahead. Because you, you've, it's almost like the mindset that you need to apply with the Vikings this year. You can't leave the door open for Tom Brady because if you do, he's going to get you. He's going to slip into that old school mode where you just feel he's like, you know what? This is there there isn't a whole lot that excites me when I roll out of bed in the morning anymore. But this is what excites me being in this moment, having this opportunity. He transforms into superhero. So you've got to be up. And this is where the Saints failed more than anything else. Obviously, the Mark Ingram play and the bad clock management. But before that, it shouldn't have been 16-3. to It should have been 33-3. to they, they should have been blowing them out all night. Then you can't have the shamrock up your butt at the end. No so doubt that's, about that. That's the only way to comfortably get rid of the Buccaneers. Take advantage of your opportunities to kill them early so they can't come back and kill you late. Yeah, I, listen, I, I, you're, you, you, you can't poke the bear. That, that, that's what we're saying here. And when it comes to Brady and, yeah, just letting them have that chance, you're, you're playing with fire. 
especially with the way the rules are in the NFL right now and the end of the game and all of that. Yeah, it's, it's advantage Tom Brady in those situations. I don't know if it makes me feel any bit different about the Buccaneers, though. You know, I know everybody wants to play the angle of like, oh, we don't want to see the Bucks and Brady in the playoffs, and I want to go, no, I, I would, I would want to see them. Well, I'd, it, the we four keep... teams in the NFC South. Right. The four teams in the NFC South. Right. Aren't they the last one that you would want to win that division if you're another NFC well, that, playoff That's team? for sure, but I think that plays into the point of what we're talking about with the Saints. The Saints aren't good. They've been inconsistent all year long, and they just couldn't smush them and put them away there. You know? But uh, that's where I don't think the other teams that they're going to play here, You know, some of the more talented teams down the stretch, whether it's the 49ers or the Bengals that they got coming up on the schedule, or even in the playoffs, they're just not going to get away with the, the play right now. Uh, that, that's, to me... Just I always keep waiting for Tampa to turn it around and go, oh, this is the moment. And maybe this is, but this is like strike seven of the year of me saying that, where I go, well, I think this could kind of get them going. And I just don't know if that's going to happen. There's still so many of the same issues that we look at. We're going to sit here and talk about Brady and how clutch it was. But we're not, you know, we're nobody. As the day goes on, nobody's going to talk about how below average he was the whole football game. I mean, way below average. Not good. People open. Stand in the pocket, throw to the people that are open, and then throw in the ball to the check down before anybody can even get downfield. I mean, it wasn't good play. Defense is not as dominant as we thought against an offense that's all over the place. So that's where it's like it's frustrating and annoying with Tampa Bay because you see some spots on their team where you think, wait, there's some talent and some things to like about it. But it just can – I don't know what it is. It's a—it's just a weird disease they have this year of the inability to put it together. Whether it's Brady, the run game, the defense, it's always something every game. And, yeah, I, great win, but I just – you know, I look at it more than like – I don't know if I look at it and stamp it and go, oh, right, Tampa really turned a corner here. Or more I go, man, like you kind of said – New Orleans just couldn't have screwed it up more throughout the night and really should have been up by 24 points. You know, so that's where it's, it's weird and it's hard to describe Tampa and how you feel about them going into the future because, yeah, it's a win. Yeah, they're 6-6, six and six and yeah, they got Brady. But I think if we took Brady out of that equation, we'd all be going, eh, they're not really worth a damn. And I think we're letting Brady's history influence our thought there a little. But we see the history come to the present in moments like yeah, last night. Yeah, sure, sure. The Buccaneers are that really expensive sports car that is also kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> they're and you, they're and yeah. And you've yeah. got and you go through stretches where it won't start. It's got a flat tire. I don't know what's wrong with the carburetor. Is there a carburetor even in a car anymore? I don't know what's <laughs> not I, mine. And then they like they 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 get it going. They find a way to get it going, like they did against the Rams. They win that game late against the Rams. So what do they do? They go over to Seattle, uh, to, to Germany and kick the crap out of Seattle. They keep it going. And then the air goes out of the balloon. Now we got a flat tire now. And they looked awful last week coming out of their bye against the Browns. Uh, I mean, they, they had the game won and they blew it late. But, but the point is the car breaks down. And then they find a way to get the car going again. Yeah. So now, now, here's the difference. <laughs> this week, you know what? Donovan Smith can can do the Jeff Van Gundy on 
Alonzo Mourning's leg. Was it Alonzo Mourning? The yeah, Jeff Van Gundy it was, was Alonzo riding? Mourning. It he was. can do that to Nick Bosa, and Bosa's still going to get to Brady. That's the <laughs> yeah. next opponent. Well, so and, good yes. luck, Donovan Smith, with Nick Bosa. Well, you can bear hug, you can hold, you can grab, you can do whatever, and you're still not going to slow him down. So it doesn't mean they're going to follow this up with a short week cross-country flight to San Francisco and beat the 49ers. No. That said, I feel like if they can just get those two wires together and get a spark in that first playoff game, all they got to do is get to the playoffs. If they can spark the two wires together at some point against the Cowboys, who they've beaten twice in a row, week one of the last two seasons, if they can do that then, then who knows what they can do, how long they can keep that car running. That's my concern if you are one of these other teams that are looking at the NFC South as an easy out. Whoever wins it, uh, we're just going to, you know, they can't match up with us. They can't beat us. If you get a chance to beat Tom Brady, you better be up 30 to nothing in the first half. And even then, 28-3 in the third quarter. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it. Yeah, I, I know. It, it's I, not, we're not going to see it, I wouldn't want him in the playoff field at all because we've seen what he's capable of doing. I, I hear you. It's always going to be scary with him there. It is. But we've seen nothing of the flickering of the two things. Nothing. It's absolutely nothing of, of the whole year. So I just – that's where – you know, the more and more I watch them, I just go, okay, this is what they are. It is. And and you're right, Mike. First off, there's going to be a tremendous spotlight on this, I, I would think, where yeah, the, the referee for next week's game is going to be watching this. Shanahan is going to, and the coaches of the 49ers are going to have a long meeting with the referees before the game to go, hey, the guy held on, here, let me show you an iPad. He held on 60 plays last week. You guys only called like two of them. So there's going to be an issue there. Then maybe you should just show him the plays well, he didn't hold on. That well, would be a much shorter, well, but much shorter reel. The other problem <laughs> is too is yeah within that the Saints like like even some of those plays we showed there. I was mad a few of the defense ends of going like you have to show you're getting hold, held. You got to make a a scene a little bit. And you got to kind of yell at the ref after the play, so yeah. maybe the next play he's just watching a little more closely. You know, you don't have to be a jerk and get a penalty, but you got to, hey, he's holding me. And yeah, I mean that's you're right. That's and they never we don't know what a, they were saying. Maybe they were, but you're absolutely right. They you never do, made you it. You got to ham it up a little bit. You got to be yelling and screaming. Dennis Allen needs to be exactly. out there. Exactly. I never saw any of face. that. Right. Yeah. I never saw any of that. That's a great point. You know, so that 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 to me is is part of it too. And good teams know how to sell those points. Uh, but but the other thing, Mike, I want to hit on to to your. Hey, point. Let me let me just say this before yeah. you go on. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. Yeah. Think of what Sean Payton would have been doing. Well, last exactly. Night. He would have been going crazy. Shanahan would have been going crazy. Bill Belichick would have been going crazy. They'd have been over there imitating what is happening, and they'd have been losing their mind. Vrabel, Andy Reid, whoever. But I there was no reaction on some of the from the the Saints sideline, which I didn't understand. But Mike, the other thing too that you kind of hit on that I just kind of what when I was watching the game and you know I forget the phrase you use there a little bit um but like I have the same thought when I watch them too it's it's almost like there's a a little bit of a lack of camaraderie I feel like I, I was watching the game and the word that kept coming to my uh, my brain was corporation I feel like I'm watching Bucks Corporation where it's like it's a bunch of individual contracts and contractors, and we got you here, and we want to make it for the Super Bowl and all that. But I don't, I don't know. I just don't feel a togetherness with their football team like I felt the last few years either. 
I don't. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if I can really explain it the right way to the viewers and you here on TV. But there's just some elements of their team that just miss to me this year. And, and that's where I guess I, you know, I know they're dangerous and it's Brady, but I guess I fight back against that notion of them being too dangerous and it's Brady and I'm, I'm scared about the playoffs and all that stuff. Like a bunch of freelancers, I a think. A little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, right. But, right. but here's the thing. Here's the thing. They can come together at some point, even if it's temporary. Now, is this win enough to propel them to go to San Francisco and win? They do have Brock Purdy. They got Brock Purdy, right. Yeah. Right. But they've got the Bengals after that. I mean, they're – and it's not – I think Brady understands. You know what? We're we're kind of – clearly in the driver's seat to win this division. Yeah. Even if they lose the next two. Right. Even if they lose the next two. Right. They're the team that's most likely to win that division. So the final weeks of the season for them, it's it's kind of like let's just work toward being ready to go and being all on the same page when we get to the start of the real season, the single elimination round. Now, look, they don't have it clinched yet, but it's looking pretty good right now for the Buccaneers when you look at the rest of the division after last night especially I thought the Panthers were the team that you may have to worry about if the Buccaneers ended up losing last night so they win that division they punch that ticket that's when the season really starts and that's where Tom Brady has what Chris more experience than anyone's ever had it will be that game in mid-January at home against the Cowboys presumably will be the 48th playoff game. Yeah, it's amazing. Tom Brady's career. Yeah. 48th. Old hat. 48. He's been there. He's done that. He knows what to say in the locker room. Forget about the regular season. It doesn't matter. Forget about the preseason. Forget about all the stuff that went on this year. We all went through some stuff this year, me included. But you know what? We got one month. We got four games. Here we are. Let's go do it. We know what we're capable of. We've seen flashes of it. We're going to go do it. Each and every week, no one believes in us. He can finally say, truthfully, no one believes in us. And and pull those freelancers together. Pull those independent contractors together and make them at least short-term employees and get them on that. That's I'm when you see what happened the final five minutes of the game last night, that's why I believe it can still happen. And yes. One of the ingredients is the other team needs to screw itself. But, you know, that's one of the things Brady talks about in the NFL. It's it's hard to win a game, but games are lost more than they're won. You do things you shouldn't do, and you hurt yourself. If you just take care of your business and don't screw up, you're more likely to win because there's a good chance the other team is going to do something that causes it to lose, like I we know. saw the Saints do last night. Yeah, no, I, I I get you there. I get you there. But Tampa screws up a lot. They do. And they screwed up last night. They just found a team that screwed up a little bit more than they did. You know, so <laughs> that's, that's – Hey, hey so I get it's it. like the I, I know. side of points. I know. He's got the fewest screw-ups. And that's what Who's we're going to talk points? about. Got the fewest I, screw-ups. I, I get you. I mean, I get you. But, yeah, I mean, you know, they lost the turnover battle 2-0. to zero. You know, it, it's th- that that's where it's hard to get behind it if I'm me. And, and I understand it. I mean, I'm the same way. I've said some of the same things. Man, Brady in the playoffs, that could be scary. I get it. But, you know, I guess there's a, a, a reality part of my brain that goes, wait, that there's that, and I understand that. 
and it's never going to go away. And it's kind of annoying because we're going to have to talk about it all the way up until he loses the playoff game. We're going to, oh gosh, it's Brady and the Tampa, and we got to watch. I mean, it's all you're ever going to hear. It is, but you know that's that's okay. But but at the same time, yeah, there's just too many little inklings of the other direction of just going, oh, they're sloppy and he's not playing good and they can't pass protect well and they can't run the ball. Uh, so that's that's where it's just going to be interesting. And maybe this is the moment that kind of brings it all together. Maybe it is. Um, but but like I said, I feel like I've said that quite a few times Question. here. Uh, but but maybe this is the, the thing with a guy like Brady. He can kind of galvanize or not galvanize, but bring the locker room together and get them to start believing a little bit. Question. Yeah. Late in the game, right before Tom Brady got the the car started, yeah. The broadcast showed an image of Bruce Arians, and there was a suggestion by one or both of the guys on the broadcast. I yeah. can't remember who that they miss Bruce Arians. They could use the influence of Bruce Arians. Now he's still in the building; he's still around, and I think he's still involved to a certain extent. Is that when you get to the playoffs? You know, is that part of Brady's plea? Like, we need to get Bruce more involved in this. And Brady's the one who goes to Todd Bowles and tries to manage the egos. And because Bowles was asked about more involvement from Aaron's at one point, and you got the old standoffish, I'm the coach, he's not. And I I know you don't want to send mixed messages to your locker room. Yeah. But when you get to the point where we're doing everything we can to try to win games, and the guy that took us to the top of the mountain two years ago is still available to us, We've got to embrace him. And even though, you know, health reasons or whatever, he's not working full time. He's not locked in. This is a chase for a championship. Let's let's use this guy. Let's take full advantage. One last ride for Bucko Bruce. We got this this sports car that tends to break down rolling. Let's let him drive it with a cigar in one hand and a, you know, and a smile on the other. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, yeah, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Mike. I mean, first off, they do miss Bruce Arians. That's something I feel comfortable saying. He had a, brought an edge to that football team, and he pushed the right buttons, I think, in a lot of ways. I think it's a little bit what I was talking about with Bucks Corporation. I didn't feel like that with Bruce Arians. I felt like Bruce Arians got everybody in the foxhole together. It was like, they hate us. Everybody wants us to lose and die. Let's go out there and kick some butt. And they all rallied together around that. And that's not Todd Bowles. No, that's exactly. not his personality. That's what I, that's what, that's what I mean. I think that there's, there's something there. And I, he's one of the creative, most creative offensive minds we've, we've seen. I wouldn't be mad or I wouldn't be, even if I was Brady or a Byron Leftwich. You know, getting ready for a playoff matchup. Okay, wait, it's it's week 17. We're not even playing the game yet. Hey, Bruce, here's the two teams we might play to open it up. You know, dive, dive into some film here a little bit. Give us some ideas, some things you think that might help attack. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. that. That would be the kind of thing I would want from Bruce. It was. And Tampa, just to bring back a, a story here, and this is what I love about Bruce. He's so emotionally invested. He was really like, this is right after Mark Ingram not running for the this first down. This is when they were making the comments. Exactly. It looked like they weren't going to pull it out. Right. That's when they're like, oh, boy, they really could use this guy right now. No, no question. But I will say, as far as like what you're talking about, consulting and, you know, Tampa – that's one thing I learned when they beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They picked a lot of ex-players and people's brains about how they should defend Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes before that Super Bowl. And I think that's that's why Todd Bowles played a different way. I think he had enough people of 
ex-Tampa Bay players who were kind of involved in the organization and some old coaches, and they caught, and everybody kind of, hey, no, no, you can't blitz and do what you did. And, they, you know, so what's so different about this this time around? You know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. They need anything they can get right now. That That's what I guess what we're saying here because they just have not shown one phase of their team that's dominant or elite at this moment. And I don't think the offense is capable of being elite. The defense maybe. Um, but, yeah, they, they, I wouldn't be mad at that, Mike, and that thought of, you know, consulting Bruce a little bit in that, that area. But it does take on that all-hands-on-deck vibe and then some. Get everyone you can to help. The guy's there, and there's a way to take advantage of his skills and abilities without undermining the head coach. And that's something Todd Bowles needs to come to terms with. And I know, think about how difficult that would be. You become the boss, but the old boss is still there. And the old boss, if you give him an opening, is going to kick the door open potentially and come in and try to take over. So what do you do? You try to keep him on the other side of that door. Maybe there's a way you can let him in the room and he defers and he understands. I mean, you know, if we are to believe the way this all happened, and I still don't, frankly, that Bruce Arians specifically decided to do this as in part a favor to Todd Bowles and to give him an opportunity to coach a team with Tom Brady as the quarterback and not right. Blaine Gabbert, right. at some level, we have access to this guy. Let's use this guy. Let's take full advantage of this one-month window. Not the whole season, not training camp, not anything but middle of January to middle of February. One game, another game, another game. Now, all that said, Chris, I kind of had a vision of what the future will be for the Buccaneers. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the Cowboys, if that's who they end up playing in the wild card round. But – if they would then go to Philadelphia, assuming that it holds that the two seed and three seed also win in the wild card round, and they're the lowest seed left, not the six or the seven floating around, and they would go to Philadelphia, Philadelphia would not shoot themselves in the foot. Philadelphia would not let it be 16 to three with five minutes left. Philadelphia would be the team that would be completely dismantling the Buccaneers before Tom Brady had a chance to get his cleats tied. I, I feel that's like where it, yeah. that's where it would end, I believe. I, I I feel like it would end the week before. I, I don't think they're in the same class as the Dallas Cowboys right now. You know, we're seeing a Dallas team that's very capable of putting their foot on your throat and saying, see you later. They got the killer instinct. I mean, I, I can't – in the NFL, to win 54-19 to 19 and then two weeks before that to have won 40-3 to three against one – the, they, they got the step-on-the-throat capability. Yeah, but in between, what do they do? They screwed around with the Giants. I, Look, all these teams have the potential on any given Sunday, Saturday, Monday, Thursday, whenever else they, they play the games yeah. to lose. That's, that's what makes the single elimination round so exciting. I don't I, care I, what your I, record was. I, I, I don't hear you there. How, I, I don't care how many teams you blew out. Uh, it's zero zero. We got sixty minutes of football. Let's go. I, I hear you though. I hear you. But at the same time, we got to take in the evidence of what we've seen. You know, we do got to get a little bit over of like, hey, two out of the last three playoff appearances for Tom Brady, I've seen him do Jack Diddley squat. So that that's got to hold some water too. And he tried to piss down his leg in the NFC Championship game. They won the Super Bowl too. So I, that's where, again, Brady, the man, the myth, the legend is scary. But I don't know if it is in reality this team with Brady that scary. It's just the, the thought of it. And I, I think that's what you're describing too, let alone, listen, I, I understand that there's going to be people that it is real scary. But, man, I just I don't see Tampa Bay in the same class 
as Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas, like not even in the same class. You know, you talk about the teams like you know Seattle and the Giants. Certainly, I I put them in that class. That's where I kind of see them. You know, but. I don't think they're even up there with your Minnesota Vikings. I think they can make the game close because of your crappy defense, but not with Philly, San Fran, and Dallas. Chris, here's the reality. We could go through playoff fields over the years and say that team wasn't in the class with the others and that team got to the Super Bowl. I, I mean, I don't think so, it. Mike. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with that comment. I, I would not. Well, what about? Let's go. I mean, the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. First one that comes to mind. Right. The, the Cardinals. In 2008, sure. they were 9-7. and seven. Right. They weren't in the same class as the best teams in the conference, and they, they won every game and got to the well, Super Bowl. Well, they started Matt Leinart early in the year. They had a lot of dumb crap they did. I, I, you know, they put, they, that, wasn't, that wasn't 08. That wasn't 08. That was 06 with Leinart. Leinart was gone by 08. Okay, all right. 08, 08 they were 9-7. and seven. Sure. They got blown off the field by the Philadelphia Eagles on Thanksgiving night. Yeah, blown I do remember that. off the field. Right, right. And then they came across them again in the NFC Championship and beat them. Yeah. My point is, all that stuff is, is it's, it's ancient history when you get to the winner-go-home phase. And where Brady has the edge that no one else has, It'll be game number 48 where he has lived it. He's breathed it. The whole game, he's in that mindset that he's in the last five minutes where he transforms. We've we've neglected to let you see and hear a little bit from Tom Brady after his latest unlikely triumph. Let's just have a little clip of Tom Brady. Come on, on Mike. I mean, damn, you dropped the, the ball here. Host the damn the show. We got to get drive. Brady in the show. Come on. The show losing host. Here's the game winning drive. Yeah, it was great. Uh, great route by Rashad. Great catch. Nah, Byrick made a great call. So it was, you know, we thought we threw the touchdown. I didn't see the the one we hit to Chris. And then uh, I thought I threw it in about a quarter of a second. I was like, how's there a hole? I told her, how's there a hole? I, threw, I caught it and threw it. And they put us back on, I think, the 15 and then still found a way. So it was a, uh, you know, great team win. Yeah, we've been pretty good in, the, uh, you know, no huddle two-minute drills. And, um, you know, that um, – a lot of games come down to those types of plays. Our guys made them. You know, at the end of the day, our guys made the plays this week, and Mike made plays, Chris made plays, Cade made plays, Rashad made plays, Lenny made plays, uh, Julio made some great plays. Everyone contributed. So um, it's a hard, hard team to beat, and um, you know, just glad we won. It was a, you know, they got a great defense. They played us very physical, like we thought. You know, we made some mistakes in there, but uh, you know, we made enough plays in the end to win. Yeah, Tom Brady was 0-4 against the Saints in the regular season as a member of the Buccaneers until this year, and they swept the Saints this year. So, And there won't be a round three. There was a round three two years ago. There will not be a round three in 2022. So the Bucs don't have to worry about the Saints again, and they got to worry about the 49ers now. Then they got to worry about the Bengals, and there's still a chance. They haven't clinched. Still a chance it all falls apart and they don't get in. But I just... What I saw that last five minutes, especially Chris, if you're going to get officials that don't call blatant holding, that's one of the other factors. It's what the Bucks are able to do in those key moments, what the other team does to complicate its own life. I know. Mark Ingram yeah. the front row, right. Two referees that may just kind of look the other way and whistle when Donovan Smith is, 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 uh, Pulling a guy to the ground and trying to hog time. Yeah, well, that happens in a sta- another standalone game in the play. I mean, just, the, 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 but that's what I mean. It's always you know, that's what we're. That's where I'm just not sold on Tampa. Everything's an if, if this, if that, if this, if that, and that's where I just can't get behind it all the way yet. So we'll see. 
Maybe this changes it. I don't know. But I, I still think the style of play, and I'm going to put more merit into the 55 minutes of crap that I saw more into, than, than into the last five minutes of, yes, good, and we got the team reeling, but you know the other team did a lot of dumb stuff altogether. But maybe, maybe this is something that's a jump-off point to what Brady was talking about where they do a little bit more no-huddle and, and play that style of football. Maybe that's something they got to dive into. You know, yeah, he does seem to thrive in those situations. When you get in those situations, a lot of the times you get a defense to back off and play a little bit more simple. That's hard to get all the calls in and you can't substitute. You know, they got to toy around with something, certainly, because it's just it, it's 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 hard for me to believe that they can make a run with the way they're playing. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I There's a point. Yeah. Where Brady, I think, needs to and I think he will. Forget about whose feelings you may hurt. Forget about who you may piss off. This is legacy moment. This is the time for me to take over. And anybody who's not on the same page with what I think we need to do needs to sit down and shut up. And we're going to go do this. And it's, you know, if he could, I, I don't know. I've, I've been thinking lately, maybe he is going to play next year. I, I heard last night on Monday Night Countdown, I think it was Steve Young saying, you know, a lot of these guys who retire, it's because, you know, they can't run anymore. They can't throw anymore. They can't do it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. That's, you know, that's what Young was saying. I'm out here watching Brady. He can still do it. He can still do it. Why would he stop? So, but, but my point is, though, he knows what these moments mean. And this is legacy building. This is the stuff that, that potentially gets you ring number eight. I, we're we're going to see Tom slip into that mode we saw last night. It may not be enough. I, and I'm not, but God, I mean... The, the thought of predicting the Bucks to win, like if that's the NBC wild card game and it's Bucks Cowboys, you're, you better me, pick the Bucks the way you've talked today. You're gonna, I'm gonna call you out during the pick the segment. You better, slim, but but I'm just saying we can't treat them like they're the Texans, like they're just a team that you just punch out easily. They can get you if you let them hang around, as the Saints found out the hard way last night. We'll be hanging around for another hour or so i am if you're joining us late i am in my grotto chris and i are going to research during the break what a grotto is i think it's outdoors i'm definitely not outdoors we'll have more pft live indoors right after this